Hello and welcome to the Soccer History USA podcast. On today's episode, the first association football game in the United States. In October of 1866, students from Carroll College in Waukesha, Wisconsin, uh, having played somewhat at football, challenged a group of town boys to, to a game. The uh, match was held on the campus of the college, and one student periodical described it as much running and kicking and not a little kicking at air. The students won the first game, uh, but the town boys managed to come back and take a second contest that was played about a week later. A third match was reportedly scheduled, but there's no evidence reporting on the final score, so we don't actually know who won the, the, the tie. Was this the first game in the United States played using the English Association football rules? We have to remember that the rules were uh, written down in 1863, although they were not widely taken up even in England and the United Kingdom until much later. Uh, the rules were only officially published in the United States in 1866, and they were far from the only or even the first set of football or soccer rules that had been published in the United States. Now, traditionally, the first association football game in the United States, or soccer game, is often cited to be the November 1869 contest between Princeton University and Rutgers. But recently, some researchers uh, in soccer history circles, including Mel Smith and Roger Alloway, have uh, decided or have uh, argued that the 1866 contest in Waukesha, Wisconsin, should be considered the first association football game or soccer game played in the United States. And on today's episode, we're going to take up this exact question. Was the 1866 contest the first association football game in the United States? It's, it's a hard question to answer definitively, unfortunately. Uh, but I suppose uh, the, the a conclusion is that there's some evidence to indicate that the game was, in fact, played by the association rules. I, what I want to focus on, however, in the podcast, we'll come back to the question at the end, uh, but there's one common element that links both the 1866 game in Wisconsin and the uh, 1869 game in New Jersey, and that is the College of New Jersey, as it was called at the time, or Princeton University as we know it now. Obviously, in 1869, Princeton uh, students participated in the match against Rutgers, and in 1866, Carroll College had a new president named Walter Rankin, who had graduated from Princeton University in 1860. What I would argue is that over the course of the 19th century, a kicking-style uh, football game developed at Princeton, and this was a result of changes both within the school changes in attitudes by the administrators and the faculty, but also broader cultural changes outside that encourage the development of athletics, including football. And so I suppose really the, the question becomes then, were the Waukesha boys playing by the association football rules, or were they playing a version of the Princeton game? And that's the question that we're going to address today. Life in the early 19th century for uh, 
college students and even faculty was a fairly uh, dismal affair and much, much different than college life is today. One observer described it as an overworked faculty under the eye of an exacting board of trustees driving 150 half-rebellious youths through a dull, exhausting routine. I would, I would say that they were more than half rebellious at times, and in the early part of the 19th century, there were constant uh, disciplinary problems at Princeton. There was a near riot in 1800. There was the so-called Great Rebellion of 1807, when several students were suspended uh, because of drunkenness, and there was a near riot uh, in response to that. In 1812, the university uh, had a new president named Ashbel Green, who came into office as a hardliner who was determined to control the students. And yet there continued to be uh, literal explosions in 1812, 1813. Uh, in uh, 1814, uh, somebody uh, lit off uh, something known as the great, uh, as the big cracker, which was a, basically a log filled with gunpowder. It broke windows in the main college building and cracked the door frame. And there were other sorts of riots uh, in 1817 and 1823. Now, as far as the recreational life or what kinds of sports or other activities were, uh, were practiced by the students, we don't really know. They're, they're, they probably had some sorts of games that were played, but it wasn't particularly organized and it wasn't very encouraged at all by the administration and the faculty. There is some suggestion that something vaguely called old-fashioned football was played by the students maybe even in in the 18th century but certainly by the beginning of the 19th century. The first major changes to occur in the kind of cultural life of the institution uh, happened in the 1820s. A man named Philip Lindsley, who had been a student at, at the college, had been a tutor, and by 1817, he had been appointed to become vice president. A little while later, he was appointed as interim president of the university. Uh, he believed that modern education should follow the model of the ancient Greeks in that the boys, because of course all the students were male at this point, that the boys should be, uh, they should be strengthened in both mind and body. And so Lindsley at least encouraged the, uh, some more emphasis on physical development and activity, physical education, I guess we might call it today, as well as academic study. So other kinds of recreations that the boys were uh, uh, taking part in included shinny, which was a kind of uh, hockey, and quoits, which was uh, something almost like a ring toss. There was a game called ball down that was played in the 1820s. And by 1846, a fairly large handball court had been constructed on campus. In one of the earliest references to football was in 1844, when a group of students took up a collection to buy a, uh, a, a leather cover, and then they would uh, buy uh, beef bladders, and that would be inflated, and the ball would be put into play. The field consisted of the space between two of the major college buildings, and one scored a goal if you were able to kick the ball to the other uh, side's uh, building. 
there was only one inflexible rule, and that was that only kicking was allowed and never carrying. In the 1840s and 1850s, we see a kind of sea change taking place within the administration. They began to relax their uh, 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 observation of the students, and the students were able to enjoy increasing amounts of free time. We also see, too, during this period that rivalries began to grow between different groups. Uh, so these could be uh, student groups. It could be uh, differences in terms of where students came from. Southern Students from southern states tended to stick together as a group. It could also have to do with the fact that enrollments at the university or the college, as it was called at the time, uh, were also steadily increasing. So in 1858, the graduating class numbered 73. In 1861, there were 81 graduates. And in 1860, the highest in the history of the college up to that point, and the same year that Walter Rankin, later president of Carroll College, uh, graduated, the number was 85. It's also during this period that students at Princeton began to uh, have a growing rivalry with their uh, compatriots at Rutgers because the two institutions are only about 20 miles away. We also see larger cultural changes taking place. Uh, if you remember from the Oneida Football Club podcast, I talked a little bit about the growth of muscular Christianity, this idea that uh, young men, again, or, or young people should be pure in terms of uh, uh, morality, uh, uh, strong and pure in mind and body. So muscular Christianity is, is continuing to develop during this period. We uh, talked also in that podcast about the popularity of uh, Tom Hughes's novel School Days at Rugby, which was published in the 1850s and was enormously successful and quite popular. This is also the period in which uh, what we might call sports journalism was beginning to develop in the United States. And so there was a, a, a growing desire for uh, information about uh, organized sports in, uh, in the U.S. and also abroad. So a periodical like Bell's Life in London uh, which covered a lot of early football in the United Kingdom, was very popular in the United States. Uh, other more uh, homegrown periodicals began to appear, and they began to publish uh, about sports. These are things like The Spirit of the Times, The American Monthly Magazine, and The New York Clipper. The Clipper was one of the earliest proponents of uh, football, and they uh, wrote stories about it. Uh, in 1856, for instance, they said that it was a very healthy uh, uh, winter sport and that by playing it uh, causes one to feel like a very Samson. And so they would publish notices of clubs that were being formed, uh, mostly in the, in the northeastern part of the country, and they also began to uh, to give very brief, uh, I guess we might call them match reports, although they often contained very little detail. So they published reports of games from places like Westchester and Port Richmond in Pennsylvania, and even Elizabeth in uh, New Jersey. And this is important because Elizabeth, New Jersey, was one of the places that uh, uh, 
Walter Rankin lived after he had graduated from Princeton. He was a principal of a school there. And uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey is not very far from New York City, where, of course, the Clipper was published and where the uh, football rules, the association football rules, would eventually be published by Beatles in 1866. In the 1850s, athletics at Princeton then were uh, flourishing in response to both these internal and external changes. So the students, uh, one of the student periodicals wrote, we have long thought that there was too much stress laid upon our mental and moral culture, perhaps at the expense of our physical development. And so by the end of the 1850s, there's a veritable explosion of, uh, of athletic clubs. The first sports team organized at Princeton was uh, a cricket club in 1857. By 1858, there was a baseball team. By 1859, a gymnasium has, had been constructed on campus. And there was even a brief uh, fashion for boxing, and they imported a relatively famous instructor uh, to give lessons to the students. The first football club was founded in 1857 and by 1864 had 30 members, which doesn't sound like much to us, but it's almost approximately a third of the graduating class. It was also talked about as the most popular sport on campus. And this again, remember, is exactly at the time when Philip Rankin was, uh, was a or Walter Rankin, sorry, uh, was a student there. The rules would not be written down until the 1870s, and they were variable. Sometimes the games began with the ball at the center of the, of the field. Sometimes it was thrown into the air. There was lots of uh, barked shins, as they were called, and some rough play. We also don't know very much about the tactics. Uh, the two main uh, ways of playing seem to have been uh, nursing the ball in the open field, which was maybe an early example of the tiki-taka uh, possession game practiced by Barcelona, although undoubtedly not as sophisticated, or the stereotypically English uh, uh, tactic of just kicking it long. So those were the two uh, major tactics. So that explains the development of football and why a particular kicking game emerged at Princeton University. And so how do we get from Princeton then to Waukesha? And as I mentioned, it's largely down to the influence of Walter Rankin. Uh, I mentioned that he had been a graduate of Princeton in 1860. He received a master's degree from the institution in 1863. We know that he played baseball on campus while he was there, and some of the best football players, some of the strongest kickers, were also from the class of 1860. Uh, his brother Edward Rankin was the president of the Nassau Baseball Club during his time at Princeton uh, between 1863 and 1864. So we know that Rankin played baseball, uh, and there's a strong likelihood that he also participated in football, given that uh, some of his schoolmates were among the best uh, players, that it was one of the most popular games on campus. We know later, after Princeton, Rankin lived in New Jersey, in Elizabeth, where there was organized football taking place uh, in the early uh, 1860s, and that we 
also could perhaps surmise that given his interest in sport, uh, that he may have read or been aware of periodicals like the New York Clipper. Uh, and he could have seen an advertisement in the New York Clipper for the Association Rules booklet that was published in 1866. Now, in 1866, in spring, uh, I guess we might call it today the spring term or spring semester, he arrived on campus briefly, although he wouldn't take up his position officially until the fall of 1866. And he brought with him a positive attitude towards athletics. And some of the students who were among his, uh, the, uh, the earliest, the students who were there uh, as Rankin began and based on newspaper reports, we know that he encouraged the playing of football and croquet as well as other sports. Uh, one uh, student writing in uh, the college yearbook uh, a few decades later was recalling his time at, the, at Carroll, and he said that uh, Rankin would often play football with the students during recess, and the students said that, that they often tried to get him involved because sometimes if he got involved in the game, he enjoyed playing so much that he would forget the time and he would end up uh, uh, you know, ringing the bell for them to return to class much later than they were supposed to. Now, at Carroll itself, football seems to have been exceedingly popular, at least in the early uh, period of Rankin's tenure at the institution. But eventually, uh, baseball seems to have proven more popular with the students and with the town boys. And eventually, the college would take up American football or gridiron football. So if we return to the question, uh, we can see that Princeton had this tradition of a kicking game. And so when the association rules first appeared in the United States in 1866, or perhaps even earlier uh, through uh, some other means, uh, given that they were published and distributed in 1863, although we don't know uh, in terms of the United States, they did seem to fit pretty well with the game as it had been played at Princeton for, uh, for decades uh, prior to 1866. And so we may never know for sure if they used uh, the association rules, although it's not impossible that Rankin had encountered the newly published rule book, had perhaps even purchased a copy, uh, and that he brought that with him to campus. But there's no evidence. We don't have any evidence to prove that. Uh, so we don't really know if it was just uh, Princeton-style football that Rankin brought or if it was more the association football uh, that he he. He encouraged the students to play. But nonetheless, the arrival of Rankin explains why football was played in Wisconsin at such an early date. Thank you for listening to the Soccer History USA podcast. For episode notes, please visit the website at www.soccerhistoryusa.org and follow me on Twitter at Soccer History US.